welcome everybody to episode 50 of the Blow Off Valve podcast. We're your host, Alex and Tucker. And sorry we missed you last week. Just kind of a lot going on. It was tough to tough to get together to to organize a, a podcast, but we're back. And um, there was, you know, not a ton of, a few interesting tidbits of news, like the Ford Bronco Raptor. But, you know, talking about a gigantic, fast SUV is not super. <laughs> compelling to either of us i don't think um, so we we thought that we'd kind of have more of a discussion about some uh some stuff that tucker's been working out lately with um potentially purchasing a new vehicle so you know what is the current marketplace like we know we've been seeing crazy prices on yeah auction sites for enthusiast cars and low mile cars yeah. and we all know about the chip shortages and supply chain yeah. issues so You've delved, you've now dove in the deep end of, of this and looking at, at getting a new car. So, so what have you been looking at? Yeah, it's interesting. So right now, I've probably mentioned this, my wife's car is an Audi e-tron, which is their full battery electric. Um, we got that back in 2019. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not the most efficient EV on the market. Whether yeah. that matters to you kind of just depends on your lifestyle and what your needs are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've got a short work commute, don't really leave, you know, for big heavy duty transcontinental trips. It's it's a great EV. So mm-hmm. we actually love that car. I And I really, we were kind of looking at our options as to with the lease coming to an end, um, mm-hmm. what are we going to do? Uh, you know, we had a life event with a new kid. Um, mm-hmm. So that brings our, you know, children total to three. Right. Uh, with two being uh, two enormous furry dogs. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so more more they, space they, needed. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they cannot fit in the back of Etron. Um Right. And I don't know if that's like an aerodynamic thing or if it's a styling thing. It's definitely probably like a, cool. Probably a bit of both, honestly. That's probably true. You know, it's got a very raked um back mm-hmm. door. And so if you're just putting suitcases back there, it's great. I mean the you know, the boot sizes I think like 27 point something cubic feet, 27.5. Mm-hmm. Um, just as, you know, because as a comparison, like the, like your Volvo, the XC90 is somewhere around 42 with those third row seats down. So that's a big yeah. difference. And it's a much more and, traditional SUV. Our Volvo is much more traditional, kind yeah. of full size SUV shape. Yeah. And so we kind of realized if we we're going to be, you know, doing trips, um, my parents have a cabin up in uh, far kind of northern Minnesota, mm-hmm. which we've been able to get to in the e-tron. It's fine with the two dogs, but now that we've got the kiddo. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice to take the whole circus up, right? And so, um, and the circus also know. requires more materials than before. It does. So there's the, there's <laughs> the additional person involved, but there's also yeah. a bunch more stuff you have to haul: stroller, diaper bags, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's so, the whole retinue. So I had put a reservation on a Rivian, thinking maybe the that'll R1, be a good R one. Yeah, the, right, the, SUV. Yeah, the SUV. And I yeah. thought, well, maybe that'll be a good issue. You know, I didn't get that reservation in for a little while because I was just kind of watching what was going on with them and. Mm-hmm. It's a thousand bucks. It's refundable, but mm-hmm. I finally got an update on that a couple of weeks ago, where they said you're probably going to be first half of 2023, somewhere in there, and that's mm-hmm. kind of passed on our lease ends with the e-tron. And one of the things that my wife and I have been talking about lately, you know, this is 
we live up in Minnesota. This is not California. This is not the East Coast. We do not have great EV charging yeah. network outside right. of, of Tesla. Um, mm-hmm. And even, you know, honestly, I'm not a Tesla guy, but even if I wanted a Model X, that's a, I looked on their website the other day, that's a year wait. Mm-hmm. Um, you take delivery in 2023 of that car. So that's yeah. not theoretically. Work. <laughs> theoretically, yeah. So, you know, the truth is, as they've, this is kind of the thing we've talked about before this, you know, chicken or the egg, is they pump out more EVs mm-hmm. and things like Hummers, things like Rivians, they are 100% cool. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. I Like I said, I'd rather stay in an EV if we could. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just don't have like great charging infrastructure up here. So mm-hmm. that trip up to um, the cabin, usually we have to hit two chargers. One of those is an EA station, and that's got, you know, 10 stations. Mm-hmm. And so usually something's open, but I mean, that is literally the only one in the entire Twin Cities, which is, you know, yeah. several million people. Most right. of those folks probably are charging at home, but there's going to be some individuals who, you know, right. live in an apartment, buy a Bolt or an ID4, well, and, and they it, need to and charge. And as someone with a small child, the worst thing that can happen to you is prolonging a road trip. <laughs> That's already you're stuck not at an EV well. charger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, and, and that's going to, so as we get out of the Twin Cities and start heading north, those are just like single fast chargers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not even really that fast. They just kind of barely meet the threshold. So 50 kilowatt hours. So if, if you had a Hummer pull up that had a 150 kilowatt hour battery and they were doing, you know, 50 kilowatt charging, you know, yeah. zero to a hundred, they're in front of you for three hours. Right. Um, and that's, that's the problem because we're getting, you know, just think about it. I mean, the Mach-E, the Hummer, the F-150, the mm-hmm. Rivian truck, the Audi, the new well, BMW that's, iX. That's the um, crazy thing. Like the amount, I mean, the Mercedes, you, you Toyota's presentation of their like planned EV fleet, you mm-hmm. know, like it, it's crazy to me that all the, all these governments worldwide are, are requiring, you know, EV only, you know, by EV only sales by 2030, 2035, et cetera. And I've heard next to nothing aside from, you know, however many billion dollars were in the infrastructure bill to actually like create or build out the charging network. It's like, uh, this is replacing a gas station in 10 years, supposedly. And like no one's building them. (laughs) You know, and that is like the million dollar question is, you know, as the ranges go up and mm-hmm. the efficiency goes up, because this is new technology, it's going to, you know, it's bound to improve. Mm-hmm. We probably like don't need as many EV charging stations as we do gas yep. stations. Mm-hmm. And so that's probably fair. It's, it's a real, it's actually like a really tough thing to figure out. But what, what I think is going to happen in the near term, at least in these states where we live, there's going to be some pissed off people because they're going to buy their EV mm-hmm. and they're going to realize, you know, when we bought our e-tron in 2019, I mean, it was like, there just wasn't that many other non-Tesla EVs. So we never were concerned about pulling into a station and charging it. They right. were always open. Mm-hmm. Um, one time we ran into a bolt at uh, one of those single chargers. And it was kind of annoying because it was like a four hour okay. trip and we had to wait, you know, 20 minutes for them to finish. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we were kind of reflecting on all this and thinking about what would make the best sense. And so we're looking at all these options and my father-in-law has the Toyota. It's not the RAV prime, but it's, it's like a, it's a, it's a hybrid, but it's, it's a Is hybrid. It that, it's not the plug-in one. So it's just like a, a electrification that, Oh, like the battery the, charges on like region. Yeah, and, stuff. And, and, and it helps with the mileage. So it gets really, really good mileage. Gotcha. And so, so we were thinking, you know, one of the things that I, I sent you a text this morning that kind of looked at one of the benefits of, of EVs is being able to charge at home. And if you charge at off-peak times, you can get a really good rate. And right. So up here in the Midwest, our energy is pretty cheap to begin with. And mm-hmm. so our 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 electric bills 12 i think 12 cents per kilowatt hour and they let us charge overnight at five cents mm-hmm. and and so we did some numbers um looking at our e-tron which is about somewhere around like two two miles per kilowatt hour it's not a very efficient vehicle but that's so five thousand kilowatts um you know to do kilowatt hours to do uh, 10,000 miles. Mm-hmm. And if you take that times what 5 cents, that's what like a 100 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. I think something like that. So, pretty efficient, you know, cost to, you know, let's say it's 100 200 bucks to run your car 10,000 miles compared to fuel costs. Yeah, I think it's so, like 278 for 10,000 yeah. miles. Yeah. And that's for the car we were looking at. And so mm-hmm. we wanted to maintain that ability because it saves an ungodly amount of money in gas. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's not something you really pay attention to in the moment. Yeah. But if somebody three years later shows up your door and says, here's a check for this amount you mm-hmm. saved, you'd be like, holy moly, that's a yeah. lot. Yeah, but it you, is a lot. You're just, you're just used to spending it every other week. And so you don't really think of it as like money yeah. you could save. It's a running so, cost. Yeah. Well, so question we, for you though. So yeah, yeah, not, not to sidetrack you, but are, do you think we're going to run into the same issue that we have with public EV chargers where yes, right now you get a discount on off hours charging, but if everyone's charging their cars overnight, now it becomes a peak time. That's a good point. I mean, the issue right now is is you know peak energy at night is is n- not really ever an issue, mm-hmm. um, and that's mostly because of us as a species. We operate mm-hmm. during the day. That's when all your restaurants are open. All your all machining is done. Yeah. Like that's the real pull on the on the grid. And then everybody goes home and is cooking. And mm-hmm. so really, like the worst times are usually you know afternoon into the evening when people are at home plus businesses are running but once mm-hmm. everybody goes to sleep there's actually like quite a bit of surplus so mm-hmm. i think at most what they'll do is is this program we signed up for if we charge outside of those hours we actually get penalized oh, so if, if we charge during afternoon hours i think it like doubles so it's mm-hmm. you know 24 cents per kilowatt hour so we're we take a penalty and right. so that's, they that's would love it if everybody charged overnight, you know? Right. So, so we kind of were exploring options. I, you know, we had talked with you and, 
and we we ended up finding um, one of the cars we thought would best fit what we're trying to do here is the BMW X5. They have a 45e plug-in hybrid, which mm-hmm. actually has a pretty big battery pack. It's like 24 kilowatt hours, I think. The e-trons is like 96 or something, but mm-hmm. um, that 24 is good for about 30 miles in the U.S. I don't, I don't quite know why, but they they limit usage of the pack to 17.1 whereas in europe i think it's like low 20 so the europeans can get 50 miles and we get 30 but i think the european battery from what i read might only be warranty to six years whereas in america it's warranty to eight so they probably reduce that a little Mm -hmm. and you know talking with my wife and thinking about her work commute running to her parents in town running around town 30 miles per day is is really more than we would actually need. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can run that car only in electric. Yeah. And, right. And then for your long distance trips, you can kind of switch it to hybrid. And well, that's why I told your- you, like the hybrid to me seems like for, for where we're at into in the current infrastructure, it seems like the perfect compromise. <laughs> like, I think you're right. I think you'd be right. around I mean, town. And then for the, once or twice a month you go up to the cabin in the summer or whatever you've got the the internal combustion engine that you're just zipping straight up there i think you're right i think for a lot of people what we'll find you know in the future at least in these areas like the upper the great lakes region where we just don't have the amazing charging infrastructure and it gets cold as hell in the winter right is a lot of people will probably you know two car homes will probably have one EV and then maybe like a plug-in hybrid, mm-hmm. you know, so that you can still cover distance. And the nice thing about this vehicle is it's got enough space, you know, in the back for our two dogs, our mm-hmm. kid, you know, can go in and we can put a big roof box on and, you know, the EVs, that, that's a pretty big penalty with one of those up there. But if you're internal combustion, yeah, there's you still a penalty, but it's not as big of a deal i mean we're not driving around with that all the time right so that's only on there for the trips so then it comes down to okay where where the hell do we find this car because actually it's a very popular version of the x5 um because it's still in the united states right now does qualify for the seven seven thousand five hundred dollar tax credit because it has a big enough battery to be Mm -hmm. fitting the criteria so for a lot of people it, it makes sense um to purchase it's unclear this year whether um, the the Democrats pass a bill. It, it sounded like they wanted to put restrictions on that. So income limits and then mm-hmm. the cost of the vehicle. And I can't off the top of my head remember what those numbers were, but I think it was somewhere around 70000 was kind of like the top limit. After that, it, the vehicle just doesn't qualify for it, I think. And then income limits were, you know, like you make over four. Five hundred thousand, something like that, per year, mm-hmm. and so it's it's not. I'm not really sure if that'll be in play in 2020. Yeah. You you know when you go to file your taxes, so that's something we've kind of just mentally thought is maybe not going to be available. So whatever, we'll just, on it. Yeah. we just won't worry about it. But the numbers I sent you this morning, you know, this car does not get great gas mileage because everybody, I guess, complained about the last version, which had an inline four. And so mm-hmm. BMW went back and put in a, a V an inline six. Mm-hmm. And so it's a turbo. Uh, I think it's a twin turbo. And so it's, 
it's a pretty quick car, but it gets 23 miles per gallon combined. And its efficiency, mm-hmm. if you just go with the EPA estimates, about 1.8 miles per kilowatt hour. So to go 10,000 miles in that thing, if you if we did our overnight charging at a discount, would be 278 bucks a mm-hmm. year. So right. over three years, 833 bucks. So if you went 10,000 miles on gas, that'd be 435 gallons. And, and today, up here, premiums 375 a gallon. So 1,630 bucks a year over three years, 4,891. Yeah, so if you so could just keep the car grand. in. Yeah, and electric, you could save four grand, mm-hmm. um, which is a lot, right? I mean, if yeah. somebody cut you a check for four grand in three right. years, you'd be like, holy that, shit. Yeah, I mean, that's all, that's all post-tax money that's being spent, yeah. so. Yeah, so um, we just went down to our, our dealer, and actually we've got kind of a, a potentially a nice situation because they're not separate Audi BMW dealership. It's all in one. It's owned by an automotive group, and so... Mm-hmm. Are you trying you've got a connection to that group? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've bought a lot of cars there. Over the years. <laughs> oh, the same man. guy. <laughs> yeah, I've even like talked to you into buying cars from there. <laughs> you, yeah, I bought I bought my BMW from there and yeah. from the same guy, no less. <laughs> yeah, and so um oddly enough, you know, because of the crazy car market, you know, our our e-tron lease buyout I think was like 52,000 and they said you know we could offer you guys 62 for it in this market so it's it's nice that we've got some equity and you know we're not the lease isn't done yet but they said they could just buy us out Mm -hmm. and then um you know transfer this equity to that purchase yeah Um, it's amazing because back in the day you'd be like trying to buy your your way out of the lease and now they're buying you out of the lease yeah and so then then kind of the question i i was talking with my sales guy out there and you know i was like you know when you look at this lot it's crazy you guys don't have anything out there and he said there's no a re- there's a reason there's there's no audis and there's several bmws and it's because bmw has been deleting a lot of options from its cars to keep things moving mm-hmm. and audi has not done that yeah and you can kind of be the judge of it but I'll tell you what, it's pissed a lot of people off because some things have been deleted that would be really very irritating. Um, like the X5s back in the end of 2021, they deleted the touchscreen, um, which is kind of really pretty useful for app, things like Apple CarPlay and stuff mm-hmm. and Android Auto. And so they just deleted them and they just said, here's 600 bucks back. You know, here's a, so here's a gift card for some... But- Touchscreen. Well, you just get forced to use the iDrive dial. Oh, I see. Okay. And so basically, be like using my the infotainment center center system in my 2015 BMW. Basically, and a brand new one. That's that would. Be and that's not that's not super cool. Um, yeah. They also like deleted the hitch option, and then for a while, for the hell knows why, but I mean that'd be pretty devastating for us because we put our bike racks on the back of this thing. So right, I kind of told my sales guy let me just keep the e-tron until this thing shows up yeah so that we can go over what got deleted if anything mm-hmm. um and just comparing the over the years so like they nixed the wireless phone charging the nice um, speakers right yeah that's not even an option that's not even available anymore it's just a base 
hi-fi system, which we actually went out and listened to. It's not it's not as bad as it was in my old 3 Series, which was also like a base hi-fi. Mm-hmm. But they just don't even give you the option to upgrade to Harman Kardon or um, whatever it is, Bowers and Wilkins or whatever that yeah, B&O. B&W. Yeah, yeah hmm. so they... So, like, those are just off limits now. The only people that can get that are, I think, if you get like a, what is it, the X5, the M Sport, not the not the M, but um, it's all oh. like the super premium ones. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. like the the like the like the X fifty oh I, I think, is what it is. X five fifty or something like that. Yeah, that yeah. So so like you're a little bit leery ordering in this market because you like with with audi i know the or the volkswagen group porsche you know said we're just going to give you one key for the car or short or we'll give you another key when it's ready you know or some of the tycons came without power steering like adjustable steering wheel mm-hmm. that was powered and they said we'll retrofit that but the people that BMW deleted the touchscreens, it didn't tell them about it until the car showed up. Yeah. And I don't even think then they told them they, um, they're not going to retrofit that. They're just like tough luck. Uh, and that's, so the, the that's problem is good. like people buying these cars are kind of in a position where like in the current market, they don't have, they, they can't turn on and say, well, you know, screw you. I'm going to go buy this yeah. other thing. It's like, well, that's fine. But, every other automaker is doing pretty much the same thing. <laughs> you know, yeah, and I said, yeah, like Audi is, like you said, Audi is not necessarily keeping up production by doing these things. But I know like we've, we've talked before, like Porsche is doing that on like some of their Macans and Cayennes and. Yeah. You know. you know, deleting those options to kind of keep them available to the real premium vehicles mm-hmm. where they, where they make a, a big profit, a big margin. And, yeah. and I, you know, the thing is though, I did talk with, the sales advisor and he just said you know if it shows up and they deleted all this stuff and you don't want it that's fine like i'll be able to sell it they're gonna be able it's to sell the it into the world right. so we'll hope it comes with the way that we've built it and if it does then great you know yeah. we, we've kind of made a, a nice lateral move <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, yeah well and and you know the thing is like they're going to be able to sell that pretty easily like because the spec you guys picked out is very nice it's like yeah yeah very, I think it looks pretty good very it was classic up to my wife. um it's funny when we showed up there actually there was one of these e45 sitting there and um they're like well that's actually going out to massachusetts we just happened to have a this guy had hunted all over the country for an allocation and we just happened to have one uh... and I was I got out of the car and I was like, that's black. That's yeah, it's blacked out, totally blacked out. Got the grill and everything blacked out. Like that my old three series. It's like mm-hmm. that's cool. And then mm-hmm. they said, No, actually take a closer look. Do you think that's black? And I looked and I was like, Actually there's some blue there. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's a super, super dark blue, but my wife really, really liked that. So that's what she specced. Nice. Um, so you so didn't go with you didn't go with the uh the lighter blue color? You know, they had an mm-hmm. X6 out there uh-huh. and they pulled it around and it was just kind of underwhelming. It's not a bad color. I just yeah. thought it would be more well, it would be more you know dynamic the, or have more you know of what a the problem. Pop. You know what the problem was? You saw it on an X6. Yeah. <laughs> Which is <laughs> yeah. one of the ugliest freaking cars that yeah, BMW no. makes. 
We went and looked at the BMW individual paints and really liked the Maldives blue. Yeah. Um, but I thought, you know, if we were buying a, an not worth the option. or something, it'd probably be worth getting that. Well, you'd never get that back on an X5. <laughs> yeah, no. No, you're not going to get that back. And honestly, it'll probably make it harder to sell when the time comes. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's like you said, and I said, you know, the only place that'll be worshipped is, you know, 30 years from now and bring a trailer. Right. Low mile, oh, what Maldives, a great... Maldives Blue X5. Oh my God, look at how beautiful that is. <laughs> I'll sell my child for that. But right now, everyone's like, oh no, it's not I black, want... white, or gray or silver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh no, it's an actual pop of color. I can't have it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I was actually surprised how soon. I was surprised you had a build slot and how soon it was coming. Like, I well, expected it's... you to order one and ha- have one in like, you know, six months. Yeah, it's interesting. I think, um, you know, all of the X vehicles, as far as I understand, aside from maybe like the new iX, mm-hmm. almost all of them are built in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And and so this this dealership so here, shipping BS, you have to deal exactly, with exactly. It's you know practically right down the road compared to getting a Taycan or a nine eleven across you know mm-hmm. the Atlantic. Yeah, right. So. Yeah. Um, they had five allocations. I think they had already sold two of the five. So we were three and these were nice. for builds in March. So they would be here by the end of March, which is actually, yeah, in this day and age. I mean, that's very yeah, impressive. This current market at two, two month turnaround time is pretty impressive. It's bonkers. So we felt, we felt pretty lucky there, um, you know, and uh, this, you know, and, I'm not really asking for any huge discounts or anything. I think they might, you know, give us kind of a token discount that I'm sure they'll make on the money back on the money factor if we decide to lease it. Yeah. But um, you know, they're not they're not like over MSRP, which is really yeah. I mean, the thing paying, that's insulting MSRP to me right now is basically a discount. Like that's just <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. In reality, I mean, it's And that's actually and the sad thing is you you know, you're you're paying MSRP and mm-hmm. they're coming with less options than what right. they did in 2019 or probably even maybe 2020. Yeah. So I know. it's kind of nuts, but that's, well, just yeah, the, we're, we're in a, we're in a market right now where like you can, you can buy a Macan, you know, that's whatever, $65,000 and it doesn't have power seats because the chip for the power seats yeah. needs to be installed at a later date when they actually have one available. Like it's, you know, it's so and- crazy. And one of the things, and I'm just postulating here, but it's a thought that went through my head. You know, BMW obviously produces quite a few cars every year. They're not a small manufacturer, but they're not Toyota. Right. And they're not the Volkswagen Automotive Group. And so I do kind of wonder if some of these smaller, quote, smaller players get outcompeted in these kind of bidding wars. Or, yeah, I mean, um, I would think so, right? I mean, like, you I, know, would, I would expect Toyota to, to leverage their volumes to get, you know, preferential yeah, like you, supply. You, you sell to us first, because mm-hmm. we're going to guarantee you at this price, you know, we're going to move 20 million of these things. They're all right. going to need this, you know? And so kind of wonder, kind of makes you wonder if some of the smaller, you know, groups... I mean, even within the automotive groups, like the Volkswagen group, I'm sure the, the lesser brands that the quote lesser brands that they're selling at cost, you know, get shit on more than the, mm-hmm. you know, Porsches and Lamborghinis. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. 
Uh, well, I mean, the high margin stuff, like I, I have been, I have heard from multiple people that, you know, they won't get, you know, a dealership may not get an allocation for, you know, a, a Porsche Carrera 4S, but they'll get a Turbo S allocation because mm-hmm. it's like, hey, you know, I mean, we're going to put, if we have a limited supply of this, these parts, then we're going to preference it's going to the stuff yeah. that gives us the biggest uh, yeah, you know, because that Turbo S isn't sitting on the lot. I mean, it's going to sell basically yeah. as soon as it gets there, and then and it's going to sell at a, a very high margin. High margin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, there, there, there are Turbo S's, nine nine two Turbo S's that are on the used market right now for close to three hundred thousand dollars. Which I mean, yeah. that's eighty ish over MSRP. So yeah, I yeah, mean, it's crazy. It's kind of like one. we've talked. I mean, we've we purchased at least two of our cars, the e-tron being the one right and time. our Volkswagen <laughs> all track kind of yeah. right, you know, before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we've, you know, there's been dividends because of that. Mm-hmm. We've sold those at higher, higher profits for us. Yeah. But the cars we're buying, you know, who the hell knows that, you know, Ford Ranger truck that I bought mm-hmm. maybe four years ago was a, you know, oh, it's only six thousand off. You know, yeah, right. <laughs> so you think you got a good deal at MSRP? I, you know, so it's all it's just the money gets moved around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You well, might make a lot here, but you're going to pay a lot more for this one. So right. with less options. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it's only good to get out of a car if you like have a spare yeah. car to get out of right now. I think, yeah. and that's the truth, you know. And if uh, if we didn't have, you know, our additional co-pilot um, that needs seating, we probably wouldn't mm-hmm. be messing around with this market. And, told- and frankly, you know, I, I was talking to the sales associate who drives a, an e-tron and he was saying, you know, he's got three kids and so they use a minivan otherwise. But mm-hmm. otherwise, you know, the e-tron, like my wife and I were saying when we were driving out there, we're like, you know, this is probably going to be one of the vehicles we miss the most just because... Mm-hmm. It has really been a sublime vehicle. It's just like I've said to you, the 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 attraction with Rivian in this country is they're selling an electric that the mm-hmm. mat that a lot of people want. Right. You know, the Rav Four is a great car. That size SUV is great for like the people that that I know who own them. One is um, my wife's brother, who's single and got. You know, that's enough space for him to operate and use mm-hmm. and stow things and her parents who are retired, who are retired. Right. And like, yeah. that's a nice car. But for the group who's got big ass dogs, you know, mm-hmm. kids that are doing sports and stuff, Again. they're just looking for that bigger SUV. And that's not, it's just not on the market quite yet. No. It will be, but it's not here yet. And so that's kind of why. We, we, this is just not a replacement for the the e-tron um right. we looked at the volvo xc90 mm-hmm. and just didn't have enough range for the hybrid. it just doesn't have enough range and i've read they are they have an update coming that will make it more competitive this year but that's not out until the end of the year so it'd probably be model year 2023 that they're going to boost that because and then you might as well just get the rivian r1s if you're waiting till then anyway yeah at that point you know if you're going to wait that long so um this will tide us over to when the market's either at a place where there's some plug-in hybrids with with crazy range like 
mm-hmm. the new I, I'm not interested in buying this, but the new Range Rover plug-in hybrid, I swear I read was like 48 miles or 50. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a big ass SUV. Yeah. And so you're gonna probably see an X7 with that, mm-hmm. you know, the X5, the Volvo, all these like really nice sized SUVs will probably jump first to maybe plug-in hybrid because mm-hmm. it's a lot of energy and big battery packs to well, and it um, also makes it also makes sense for as, as particularly the EU's regulations get more punitive uh, and more strict on the emission the fleet emissions mm-hmm. um, then these automakers can cut down their co2 emissions yeah as a fleet the, with these hybrids and here's a really interesting thing this is just a side tidbit that I thought was fascinating um, I was watching was it Clarkson's farm on mm-hmm. uh, uh, Amazon Prime and his yeah. his uh, helper guy needed to go into L- love, London yeah. to try to sell some wasabi. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> I love that. Been, Emily and I love yeah, that. He, he, he'd never been in there. And he's like, you know, you're going to have parking fees. You're going to have congestion fees. You're going to have pollution fees. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was reading on the X5 that there's like, you can push a button so mm-hmm. that you can save your battery until you get to your destination. I was thinking to myself, mm-hmm. why the hell would you do that? Well, yeah. in these cities in Europe, if you yep. can save your battery, get into the city and then switch it to EV, then you don't have to pay this like surcharge. And it's like, oh, yep. that's why. <laughs> yeah. no, that I, makes there, a lot of sense, actually. There, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people have speculated that some of the hybridized supercars that have come out, like the SF90 and stuff, mm-hmm. um, Part of the reason that they even have like an EV only mode instead of just the EV part being pure torque fill is yeah. so that the people buying them dodge. Yeah, you can dodge can that. <laughs> have 20 miles of range to get outside of London, to get outside of Monaco, to get outside of Paris yep. and, and dodge. And then charge. let it rip. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And then but, and then it makes it's it's actually a beautiful solution to that getting around that tax because when you're out there outside the city ripping it up, the regenerative braking is recharging the battery. Yeah. So you by the get, time you need to get back home, you can you, flip it back on EV only mode. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, it's given me um, some interesting insight. You know, I obviously we've really enjoyed our EVs and would be happy to, to stick with those. Yeah. But there's some, there's some basically like some limitations. If you, if you, if you say to yourself, I'm not interested in a Tesla, then your your proposition's a little bit dicier up More here limited. depending on your use case. Well, I'm uh, just if glad. You're just ar- if you're just around the city, it's mm-hmm. awesome. You're going to have no issues with that. But yeah. as soon as you want to do some long-distance traveling, mm-hmm. um, it's just not the same experience as it is in a Tesla. That's just the way it is right now. Right. Well, I'm just glad you uh, are not getting what you threatened me with. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's it's funny because i was talking with um out at uh, park place yeah. uh, we were talking about that and uh so for for everybody listening tucker threatened me with buying an ix just to sh- just to drive it <laughs> within my line of sight and offend me greatly <laughs> and i asked them i was like what do you think about that vehicle and yeah. they were just like you know what we've made our peace with it We've made our peace with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they. I'm sure they have the same approach to like the M4. It's like, yeah, it's you know, at this point, we know we know it's approach. everybody knows it's ugly. 
<laughs> we have to try and, for, for them they we have to look and say okay it's job. ugly we still have to try and sell it yeah. so we're gonna like extol it you know and setting that aside the interior of that car is bonkers like it is very cool um yeah i think it's like very futuristic it's maybe a little bit too futuristic for me but i'd still probably enjoy driving it yeah um it's it's hitting that the it's getting a little bit closer to what I think is the Volkswagen kind of Atlas in between the Tiguan uh-huh. where you've, you've got this enough capacity in the back. You got plenty of space. And by the way, the EPA estimates, you know, 325 miles of range, which means you're probably actually going to get that. That's what you're going to get out of that. Right. And that, that is, I think above, above 300 you've got an ev that you can really live with and do long distance traveling with and you probably are going to mostly be able to stick to like ea you know fast charging stations with lots of plugs and so you're not going to be really waiting so i think they are actually they did it right i think the design language is a little wily Um, yeah and the truth is you know it's like I was telling my wife the other day, it's funny, you know, you and I in the podcast, we do always, we shit on those grills because they are, they are ugly. Like yeah, right now they're ugly. But, and you know, my wife asked me, she's like, do you guys ever like crap on my e-tron grill? Cause you know, that's like five times the size of that grill. And I was like, no, we don't. And I think it's just cause we're used to it. We're just used I, to seeing mm, Hyundai's, yeah. uh, Audi's, with 90% of the front of the car being grill. And so we're just like, yeah, we ignore it, I guess. I don't I know. Think, I think part of it is one, the design language flows a lot better with the rest of the car. Mm-hmm. And two, that was like a gradual evolution. Yeah. The single BMW grill. went from, you know, little petite kidneys to like yeah. massively Monstrous. obese kidneys. And I, uh, and so, yeah. And it doesn't flow with the rest of the design. Cause the rest of the design is a is a subtle evolution of the last version which had small kidneys yeah. so it, it looks much more tacked on whereas like with yeah, the yeah, audis yeah. we're used to the audis having yeah the designers have done a lot better job of integrating <laughs> that large front grille into the design language of the vehicle yeah and i think bmw is probably struggling with that a little i think even on the x5 it's a little bit bigger than i'd like i think the prior generations looked honestly i think they actually did look better yeah um but my my wife was like well i'm gonna black it out anyways because i i don't really like the silver honestly with the black trim around the kidneys with a dark colored car like dark blue you know that's gonna look black most of the day that yeah. it's going to blend a lot better yeah. than that's kind of what we figured. Yeah. You I know, and it's, and it's not fun. as big as like the X sevens. No, that's um, aggressive. It's not as bad as like, I mean, I think right now the, the Lexus SUV, the land cruiser replacement is winning the horrific grill battle somehow with BMW. Um, but yeah, I, I can't I wait to X7 see these or for the X five. It looks good. Yeah, I, th- I think um, it's still like kind of in proportion. So, but it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see as these uh, automakers evolve what their design language becomes. You know, BMW's always had those two kidney grills. So, what the hell do mm-hmm. they do with that in an EV future? You know, well, you know um, well yeah, because because it's like, well, the whole point of the grills is cooling, and and yeah. it's not how you're cooling the batteries. So, 
Yeah. You know what's yeah. interesting? I so I heard a, a comment from the CEO of Vorsteiner who mm-hmm. makes a lot of like body kits and stuff. And someone asked him, Hey, can you like un un F the the front end of yeah. the M4? And he <laughs> said no. He said the reason is the those grills are so big, it's a, it's a design choice, but it's also necessary because because he's like if you make those any smaller there's not a large enough cooling area like that engine apparently needs Mm. a ton of cooling and he said basically the engine will overheat if you make it if you make the front open smaller (laughs) so you're stuck with these giant kidneys yeah (laughs) yeah exactly so you know there is some some function to the form but it you know but they're still it's powerful (laughs) well I think it's going to be interesting, man. I, I'm excited to see that the the build spec you sent me looked really interesting. So, like, really, yeah. really good looking car. So, um, but I, you know, we thought it would be a fun, fun topic to just talk about today because we've been, you know, you and I have both been looking at the car market from afar for the last mm-hmm. year, being like, this is insane. And, and you, yeah. the fact, you know, you're you're dipping your toe in it. It was like, oh, we yeah. got to recap there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, a- it's a unique time and i you know i assume that probably in not the near term so probably not in the next six months or Mm -hmm. year but probably through to you know at least i i think i could say within three years a lot of this stuff will have been sorted out just yeah i think there's there's a demand vertically integrating their supply chains because they're like this cannot happen you know yeah it's just too too painful for for their businesses in terms of lost sales so yeah exactly all right well anything else you want to add buddy no i don't think so all right well thank you all so much for listening um be sure to uh, check us out on instagram at the blowfeld podcast and uh until then we'll see you next week with some more car news take care